0: My name is Kate Fishman, and I've noticed recently that when I'm in a moment of high stress or worry or sadness, no matter how much I want to, it's really difficult for me to share from that place. In this episode, my oldest friend, Mia DeMaio, calls this feeling pouring from an empty cup. Listening back to this conversation in the couple of months since we had it, It's been really interesting for me to think about how much the COVID-19 pandemic messed with our practice in connecting with other people and with our sense of security in that. And I think you'll hear that at a couple different moments. But to me, this is a really beautiful conversation about learning to pour back in slowly, because it's taking time, for me at least. I think you can hear that from me because I'm laughing a lot, which I've noticed from recording myself talking to other people is something I do quite a bit. I think that's nerves, but I also think in this particular talk it was both the sort of thrilling feeling of hearing her name, some experiences that I've felt really deeply to in these past couple years also the delight of how talking about that was bringing us closer. It just felt like this really lovely, fizzy little container where we were processing this time in a different way than we had done with each other before. And it's funny, because I think you'll hear us talk about this, but this was the quote-unquote pilot for this podcast. She was the first person that I asked to do the show, and it felt really delicate to hand to her and to ask her to sort of meet me there and be as open with me as she was. We've been in pretty good touch over the past year, but sort of remarkably, in the time since recording this, even though we're living pretty different lives right now, we've ended up talking on the phone almost every week. And I feel like in having these calls all the time that just kind of unrolled spontaneously from this initial loneliness conversation, she's now a part of my life. Like, She's just a person in my life who's just there, habitually, like somebody you talk to after work or run into outside your building, which are some useful ways to grow together that we mentioned in this chat. It makes me really excited to share this conversation with you because we talk about some hard moments, but it felt really special to do that with her. And I'm really grateful to her for making this first episode what it is.
1: Hell, like we've both been sitting here in our mom's apartment 10 minutes away from each other for a year. And like, we need to take advantage of the fact that we're here now and cut out the, oh, what if we found out earlier, blah, blah, blah. But we were like, I think this is a perfect time that we were able to realize, like, let's make this a beautiful like pandemic friendship.
0: This is Loneliness Mess, the podcast that explores belonging by getting real about feeling lonely. Today's conversation is with Mia DeMaio, my close friend since kindergarten. She's a talented designer who used to orchestrate artistic projects for us to take on during our childhood sleepovers. I was enthusiastic about them, but also more lazy. We grew up in the same small college town in New York's Hudson Valley, but spoke from where we now live on opposite coasts, her in Manhattan and me in rural California. We started off talking about a time when she felt lonely and as she flagged, it was a historic moment that will probably get a lot of airtime in these conversations.
1: Maybe like two to three months into the hellscape of 2020.
0: Here's what that period in the middle of college looked like for her.
1: I was living at the time in school in a scholarship house that actually closed its doors you know I was fortunate enough to just move back in with my mom and she loved the time that we were spending together and you know in that way I wasn't lonely because I'm very close with my mom and like I'm best friends with her um but you know it it starts to click in when the only person you're having face-to-face contact with is one person whether it's your best friend your mom or both and I just really started to not feel like myself and that I was making progress in my life that I felt like as if I was... I had so much momentum, right? Like socially, career-wise, just feeling like I was growing as a person and that had so much speed. And then, you know, really was just not only cut, but I felt like I was regressing in some ways. And and I felt really alone.
0: Oh my god, okay. I have so many thoughts <laughs> about all of that. It's like, several b- parts of what you said really, like, viscerally hit me. Um, one of which was the being in the pandemic and feeling like you were only talking to your mom, spending X amount of time alone, lost momentum, and so then weren't feeling like yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think so often I, (laughs) several of the like mental breakdown days that I've had in the past couple years, (laughs) that has been the thing that I like say to Emery, my partner while I'm crying is that I don't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. And I think often that is so paired with loneliness, but it's, it's interesting to think about why. I don't know. Yeah. Can you, can you say more about that feeling for you?
1: It's interesting because there's this idealist part of myself that's like, I'm always myself, you know, and I need to embrace yeah. those parts of me. Um and i I used to find comfort in watching these like pandemic vlogs of like other girls like basking in being alone but not lonely. Um, mm-hmm. And I always used to pride myself on that, too. But I think I was just in an, such an extreme version of that being like, physically isolated like I didn't even have a car to like you know go listen to music and drive around the block Um, yeah and so I really was just at home and like in my backyard and so because I was in such an extreme version of that I was like that's bullshit you know like (laughs) you can be (laughs) alone and also quite lonely and that's also okay and so I was like trying to coach myself in that Um, but in terms of not feeling myself I didn't feel like myself in a lot of ways. Um, first, I just started not taking care of my body. I
0: mm.
1: was rightfully so, like gorging on, you know, s- snacks. And my mom was like totally in the game with me. Like uh, the one excursion <laughs> that I had was after she would come home from work. I would be able to get the car, like listen to like top 40 radio. I would walk into the shop, right? And it got to the point where this was every day and I started to like <laughs> know the cashiers and they would just <laughs> register. I would buy two things. I'd buy a piece of cake from my mom, from my mom that were like in the fridge section and it was like one piece of cake. And then for me, I would go to the chips aisle and buy a bag of chips and like every couple of days it would change. Anyway, so this is my routine and it was like the one Can thing I Can I just felt. say, yeah.
0: just on that point, um... I think I've always felt whatever about grocery stores and then in the past whatever three years they are now like my favorite place mm. to be kind Absolutely. of consistently just like the it's the comfort rush is- <laughs> it's yeah it really is
1: and also just the yeah, the rush like the joy <laughs> of like <laughs> thinking about what you're gonna cook and like all of the beautiful ingredients and I'm a sucker for packaging, too, so if I am buying processed stuff, I'm, like, totally in it for the graphic design on that side. <laughs> <But>
0: mm. <laughs> anyway, it's
1: such a fun experience. True to form.
0: True to form. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, but anyway, so I was loving those little moments of of gorging myself, but I also, like, I wasn't showering. My sleep schedule was crap. Um, yeah. My hair was like perpetually greasy and really didn't like the way I was feeling in my body I wasn't treating it well I wasn't moving I Mm. wasn't like being like a a, I don't know like a a well-loved version of myself like I wasn't loving my own Mm. body yeah I was just kind of like existing and you know
0: sitting there I think that what you said about not being the most kind of well-loved version of yourself or or almost the most active socially and, and, like, excited about what you're doing, I think is interesting in how that fosters loneliness, because I think when we, like, don't feel our best or when I don't feel my best, I sort of don't want other people to see that yeah. <laughs> or, or I don't They're, want to be a hundred percent honest mm. with people because I there's don't, shame in it yeah like I don't want them to know I don't know yeah. no
1: and you don't want to post on social media as well right about how you're just sitting oh alone. god um yeah <laughs> and like not feeling well um yeah. but I think it's two things one is definitely this shame piece like I don't want people to see that I've, I'm have i not, like, having a good time right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, sitting alone in my mom's house and just kind of, like, <laughs> not doing anything of note uh, or worth even, like, remembering. Um, but then there was also this second piece where it's, like, the aspect of not being able to pour from an empty cup and, like, mm. how... Can I call my friends and sort of ask about their life and hear from them about how they're dealing with the pandemic and their social life when I'm not even in a place to receive that or like be mm. a good friend? Um,
0: yeah.
1: And sort of like continue asking questions and you know like be supportive and like be a shoulder to rest on when like I myself am not in a position where I can, you know, be that person for them when, like, I just am not that person for myself. So one is the shame piece and two is just feeling like I'm not even ready to talk to people.
0: I feel like I can't stop saying expectation versus reality for whatever reason. But I do feel like sometimes I'm about to call someone and especially if i've been feeling kind of isolated or or just like you know not my most energetic self but i hype myself up and mm. i'm like okay it's going to be fun to to talk to them and i'm going to hear about things there is that part of you and maybe it does pan out this way that's kind of acknowledging in the back of your head that it might just not be that fun of a conversation or you might just be on really different pages mentally <laughs> and neither of you will fully be able to meet them where they are and I, I don't know yeah it's just if you're already feeling down the idea of that happening is so discouraging mm-hmm. and it's yeah it, it feels better to to just not I don't yeah. know but yeah how did you I or did you to what extent did you kind of get out of that phase of the pandemic for yourself
1: yeah um so the story involves Alina which is one of our mutual childhood friends um I don't even remember how oh I do remember how okay so as you know I'm like very off the social media train um Mm -hmm for reasons that we can delve into, because I'm sure it overlaps with loneliness. But I very much prefer like being offline. I, I like that life. Um, and in like a sort of out-of-habit pattern, I just went on... For some reason, I happened to go on Instagram. And the very first post was a photo that Alina had taken. And it was obviously New pulse I didn't know hmm. how long she'd been there if she was just there for a short amount of time um and maybe because I was so perpetually offline that I had more courage to message I feel like if I was always online I might not have reacted in any way um to her because maybe I'd been seeing her you know, posting for a while or Yeah. You're just kind of in the habit of seeing and absorbing that content and not doing anything about it. But it was so surprising to me because I hadn't been online in so long and I was like, oh my God, there's this friend that, you know, I really liked in when we were growing up in high school and she's home. That's amazing. Like I'm home too and like yeah. <laughs> there was this one sided bond where I was like, oh my God, we're both home together. And I wanted to make that mutual. So I, I, you know, gave her a message. I was like, um, are you home too? Like, how long have you been home? Like, I've just been hanging out in my mom's house for the longest time. And turns out we had both been at our mom's places, respectively, what, like 10 minutes away from each other, the entire pandemic, and both mutually feeling this like same stillness and Hmm. like ennui. And so... There was this immediate bond. We were like, holy shit, we have to get together. And, you know, our moms both really like each other. And so they were really happy that their daughters had each found somebody that could sort of pull them out of the hole. Um, And so we really did that together. Um, She came over and we sat on lawn chairs, you know, six feet apart outside. um, And we just caught up about, what, like the past two years since we chatted. We decided that if we like both tested negative, we would go on a road trip. Um, and it was kind of like, came out of nowhere in the sense that it was a, obviously a really unexpected run in and it was fueled with this like mutual feeling of, you understand the experience I've been going through for the past year, like to a T. Mm. Um, but also just like, wow, we're going on, we would go on a road trip, like that's such A different feeling and activity than like just sitting at home and it felt like such a sharp 180 but it was really something to look forward to and so we both sort of pulled ourselves out of um this like feeling of isolation um and I don't know it was like a light switch like I felt as if at that stage I was really ready for connection and um I would say like a couple weeks prior I just happened to start like getting my shit together like i was showering more i was you know (laughs) i was working out i was going on walks i was like feeling myself again Mm, um and so it really just was well aligned um and we ended up going on this road trip and it was just like a catalyst for feeling myself again and Mm. getting out and socializing and also, just having one person to really have that bonded connection with, um, I would say we both pulled each other out of a of a state of long-term loneliness. So
0: it yeah, was great. That's so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, I knew that you went on a road trip, but I, but I didn't know the like genesis of it. That's amazing.
1: And isn't that true though? It's like the what was shared, whether by Alina posting online, or just the way that we happen to tell the story, is just that, like, oh, we went on a road trip together, but you don't get to hear how lonely we both were before. This, like, meeting that we had, and this realization, like, we've both been here, and, like, hell, like, we've both been sitting here in our mom's apartment seven minutes away from each other for a year, and, like, we need to take advantage of the fact that we're here now, and almost, like, cut out the oh, what if we found out earlier, blah, blah, blah. But we were like, I think this is a perfect time that we were able to realize and then really put our minds together to, like, let's make this a beautiful, like, pandemic friendship.
0: On the trip, Mia reached out to her close friend from college to see if she'd like to meet up with them. She wasn't totally sure what to expect.
1: Alina and I had been sort of traipsing the Northeast coast and... Um, had an Airbnb in Providence. And it was interesting because it's like this friend from home that is from a very different era of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And also a friend that I wouldn't say was like my best friend growing up, right? Like I would say, I was much closer to you than I was with her. Um, And I'd had like a couple sleepovers with her in high school and like we'd gotten to know each other as teens but it wasn't ever really to a strong degree. So I had this friend from home that I was like just having this new burgeoning friendship with, right? Pulling ourselves out of loneliness together. And then this one friend from college that um, just felt like was already from a past chapter of my life. You know, like Mm. I think even though the two of us were together the day we found out we needed to leave campus, it felt like just a whole other world.
0: Yeah, and so for you the... then had the weirdest year of your lives, probably. exactly <laughs>
1: right, and like hadn't really been in touch over that period of time either, so anyway, we were all out to drinks, and it was probably for both Alina and I, like the first group of four twenty somethings hanging out that we'd experienced <laughs> in mm. a long time, and it was with two of the sweetest people um. Erica and Corinne, they're, they're so great. And were so receptive to just like meeting us and meeting my friend from home um, and really getting to know her as well. Like it wasn't just me connecting with my friends from college and like towing along this friend from home. It was like totally. they wanted to understand her, meet her, get to know her. Um, and so that was great. I think the dynamic worked really well. They ended up coming back to our Airbnb and we were just had this little impromptu dance party
0: uh yeah that's those are the the pictures I've seen <laughs> yes yeah and just that's but, I like have that image in my head
1: <laughs> no exactly and just that I don't know it was just spontaneous loving energy um it felt great and I remember um Alina had to go to the bathroom and I ended up going with her we were in the bathroom together and she was like I love them <laughs> And she just said it straight up. And like, maybe we were tipsy. We probably were. And I was like, I know, they're so great, right? And it was just this beautiful moment of, I don't know, like this realization that we were ready for connection again and that we had met two Mm -hmm. people who were really receptive to us and seeing us again and meeting Alina. And so um, it was just a really great moment that just felt like the complete opposite of what we'd both been sort of sitting in for a year.
0: I mean, not that I love that you had a very hard year, but I love like hearing that that, that was really kind of the seesaw tipping to the other side and, and getting to feel that like really lovely, social, connecting energy mm. was also coming out of just having a really hard time. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that is how it works and I've never heard that story in that light before. The loneliness that Mia felt when she was living at her mom's house in New Paltz without access to a car felt like the natural, obvious outcome of her circumstances, but she didn't necessarily anticipate the loneliness that came with her move to famously populous, unsleeping New York City after graduation.
1: Quote-unquote post-pandemic, I had sort of felt in all ways as if I was picking up speed again. I had moved to New York. I um. Was just about to start my job my first full-time job and I felt like I had this running list in my head of like 15 people I could reach out to and hang out with Um, they were all from a variety of chapters of my life like some from home where we're from some from school some from like random internships or like run-ins I'd had and met cool people but I felt as if I still was very lonely like I had these one-off connections that I would make for an evening and we would sort of frame it around like catching up like it would be this time where we would just sit together dedicate like two, three hours like update each other on our life bullets from the past three to six months and then be like okay, bye (laughs) and then I would just go back to my studio apartment and sit there and think like wow, we really just updated each other so quickly and so surface level we didn't actually get into anything like really interesting something else that it really eked me was I didn't know the people in their life outside of our little bubble of three hours so for example I was at dinner with a friend and I I hadn't seen him in a long time and we were just so excited to see each other and like it was a really glorious three hours and I I loved spending time with him but as I was walking home I was like he only would ever reference these other people he was spending time with as like my friend or like my friend who works here or my friend who lives in Queens or my friend who blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I didn't even get to meet his cast of characters that he was normally spending time with. Like, I know your friends by name and i maybe even met them. And it just felt as if I was this like isolated friend outside of his normal group. To the point where he didn't even feel it worthy to like, tell me about them. Not even to have us meet, just for me to know their names. And so then it just really hit me that I was sort of this like leftover friend, if you will. So that was a moment where I felt pretty lonely in a way that I was surprised by because I felt like my life had just restarted in New York, but yet felt still pretty isolated.
0: Yeah, I have absolutely done the sit and catch up and run through your bullet points and say and sometimes it's so necessary
1: nice. though right like you <laughs> yeah, have to no,
0: totally you have
1: to get there and especially with like long distance friends like you being one of them sometimes it's like a mandatory thing because you haven't been <laughs> in constant communication for a while and i'm like okay so who are you living with or like <laughs> why are you in philly and like <laughs> yeah getting what the is update. your job like the ideal is to get that baseline and then keep going and be Mm -hmm. like in constant connection. But it's the catch ups that happen, like, you know, every two months or whatever is a different story.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's really tough to move a given friendship, or even kind of a given like mentality that you're in out of the, we're meeting up, we have this plan, we're doing that thing into like we're we're part of each other's lives and and we're going to keep hanging out and I'm going to know your friends' names and all of that and yeah I don't know there's I think there there's probably a a way that it works when it does like like a reason that it works mm-hmm. um but I think it's it feels very like alchemical and mysterious kind of when when it does so you we're talking about the the friend and and hearing about his other friends and realizing that you didn't know them. Did you have moments? I I guess moments where you felt like that did not not that you broke through because I I don't mm. think that's really what happens, but that you both sort of had the same like desires and and were able to kind of. I don't know, kind of communicate in that way? That was yeah. nonsensical. But do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I <do.
1: laughs> yeah, I think it's a good question because this particular friend I'm thinking of, when I say he is the best, most thoughtful, really kind human being, I mean that full-heartedly. He's yeah, a great guy. Yeah,
0: we're not trying to drag him.
1: Right. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's but it's also like, I can't imagine how many other friends he's doing this with. Like he must be stretched thin, and maybe that's just how he enjoys his his friendships. Is like a lot of these sort of satellite people that he's he's chatting with. But it definitely felt as if we were like squeezing the three hours that we had as much as possible, like getting as much as we could out of a really rich friendship. And I always looked Mm. forward to these moments, but then like sort of the towel had been wrung. And we were, you know, just waiting until we could ring it again. I felt as if like he was breaking through in some ways with me, and you know, I would do the same eventually. But I don't know if we've ever beyond um, like identity-based conversations had really rich moments where we were talking about like our inner, our inner voice, our inner brain. Mm. What I mean by that is, like, we we would have really rich, emotional, intimate conversations about, about race, about class, about, you know, these sort of identities that we had in common um, yeah. and could kind of talk about with each other in ways that we couldn't with other people in our respective, you know, circles. Um, but I wouldn't be able to say that we had really intimate conversations about you know how are how have you been the past couple of weeks, and how do you want to be the next couple of weeks? or like
0: mm.
1: how are That's you mentally? you know, like
0: what yeah. what mental
1: state are you in right now? Like how are you feeling? Yeah um I remember one of the most recent times we got together for the sort of these like like ships passing in the night we We actually have a phrase that we say we say we dock, like let's dock together, mm. which you Aww. know. I kinda love that. It's it's a really sweet idea and I just wish we were docked more often, I guess, is the whole point of mm. the story. But you know, we
0: pirating onto each <laughs> other's <laughs> <ships. Exactly. laughs>
1: keep the metaphor
0: going. Gosh, I wonder if it's something about like getting drinks or mm. or like doing doing a thing where you're just talking. And I think that's not always well it's not a bad thing it sounds like none of those (laughs) interactions were were bad interactions and and you're maintaining this relationship that is important and that all is great but I but I've like shared the the just kind of listing activities Mm -hmm. feeling and I feel like there are contexts where where that happens more and I have a hard time kind of getting breakfast with someone or whatever and then being able to move that into into a space where I feel like we're really like part part of each other's worlds I don't know it's more public in a meaningful way yeah you spend half the time eating
1: yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah I would say the environment definitely shapes it but for some reason we always default back on going out um And I think that's a symptom of New York life.
0: Yeah, it's the obvious thing. Yeah, it's the easiest thing.
1: You know, apartments are really small. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And it's a pain to host. (laughs) So you end up saying, like, it's easier just to meet in the middle and go out to dinner. Yeah, Um, And unless it's a weekend with nice weather and you can make it out to the park or to the water, um, it is, like, the default experience. So I haven't quite found... That happy medium yet
0: we never can completely <laughs> it's, it's never gonna be perfect, Mm-mm. but yeah it's it's interesting to just think about like when it- when connection doesn't quite happen the way we want it to or or when it does and and what's happening there yeah there's no perfect Um,
1: recipe for okay we'll meet you at saturday at noon and we're gonna have a picnic and this is gonna be the moment where we break through on (laughs) on our level of friendship like that's just not
0: then you're like in a in a bad mood on saturday or something and that's that's expectations
1: versus reality too it's like let me just Mm -hmm. level set with myself that maybe this friendship is just going to be where we You know, sort of dock together. And I'm going to cherish those moments where we do. Um, Yeah. And I still consider him one of my closest friends, as I know he does me. So, like, I'm fine with that at the moment. You know, it's just who are those people who are in my life and like my cast of characters that I interact with on a daily basis. And maybe it's just let me devote a little bit more time and energy to them than a couple of folks that we sort of dock with every once in a while. I would maybe feel less lonely less often if I'm sort of coming in on myself to my core of people, then in a state of expansion where I'm trying to interact with more and more people I would say there's this other friend from school who um, we met because we were randomly assigned to the same college suite together. So we were like next door neighbors um, yeah. and have since become super close friends and something really tragic happened to her and over the past year she's been very conscious of interacting with people who she really truly loves rather than Mm. in a state of meeting new people and getting to know them and like telling them her story. It's like, let me just pull back a little bit. And although I'm in nowhere near the same situation as her, I've actually learned a lot from her on taking that time to, in a state of flux or transition, or, you know, rebirth or whatever. it Like, coming back to those people who anchor you is mm. probably a good idea. And can yeah. sort of resolve some feelings of loneliness if you just, you know, find who those people are and stay close to them rather than healing and then letting yourself, you know,
0: expand back out. It's very telling that... You met through living close by each other too, mm-hmm. because I think that not not that we become best friends with everyone we are in close proximity with, but I think when the the kind of like you know stuff, the ingredients for kinship and well, that connection, I can't freaking stop saying connection are are there having that ability to, to just kind of orbit each other and sort of see the other person's room because you, like, walk in there to sit on their bed and talk to them or just kind of happen upon each other on the way to go eat a meal or something. Like, all of those elements of someone just already being in your life, I feel mm-hmm. like foster then the exact type of relationships or something, if something really hard happens, you can pour Come into to that. that and there's exactly. that level of like comfort there yeah
1: no that's such a good observation i feel like yeah because we were passing by each other five six times a day just naturally <laughs> even though we weren't even seeking each other out um just naturally started to create a really good friendship and i feel like Some of those moments, say in a given day, five to six times, one of those moments, I would be just coming out of like a really intense social interaction or like something that I'm like, I got to tell somebody about what just happened to me or, you know, Mm. she would do the same. And because we just happened to pass each other, would hear so deeply and so frequently about each other's lives. It just really worked. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in that like unfiltered way, where you're mm. like, oh my god, this just right. happened. <laughs> yeah, Aww, I love
1: that. I don't think in any of the time we've been recording so far, I've talked about my current relationship, and I find that to be Ooh. a real grounding <laughs> source of anti-loneliness. Um, mm. You know, I think we were texting about this, and you had mentioned the word codependency, Which I found interesting because I only ever use that word with negative connotations. But um, I think to be seen positively, it's exactly as our relationship is now. Like uh, a person you can rely on and go to at, you know, any hour. Somebody who will take care of you. Somebody who you just love spending time with and can really cohabitate. Um, Mm. And not get sick of <laughs> which is insane like the ability to just be with somebody nonstop and be like yeah like I'm not I don't need alone time from you like I'm actually really happy um it's crazy that's, when that works <laughs> I know it's this very special feeling um and I would say I am really happy in my relationship and and just feel anti-lonely when I am with him You know, which is great. Mm, Um, I think a piece of that in my theory is, and I've told you about this probably our whole like teenage lives. One of my like theses (laughs) on like feeling it's almost like a litmus test of friendship, which is if we can sit in silence together, we're good friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that also serves to um, keep getting sick of each other at bay because you can exist in silence together in this sort of like your own you're in your own worlds side by side and you're not spending every waking moment with each other talking that you actually don't get sick of of each other um and I think my partner and I do a really good job at giving each other that breathing room but also you know showing each other that we're still there whether it's you know, through physical touch or, um, you know, somebody might be taking on dinner preparation responsibilities and giving the other Mm. person just like a breather after what is probably a long day of work. So, um, I think we have ways through, you know, our love languages that we (laughs) make room for each other and, and don't get sick of each other. And I think, um, I've been really happy with my relationship and don't feel lonely with him at all so
0: yeah yay (laughs) (laughs) I think that also comes back to a bit of what you were saying earlier about the moments in the pandemic when you were feeling lonely and knowing that if you called a friend they would need to sort of share all of the these things and and maybe you wouldn't be able to receive it where I think there's something about having this like ongoing closeness Mm. with somebody who you know so well where even when your energies are kind of unmatched or or what you're experiencing on a given day or in a given week is really different you can balance that and you can communicate and one person can go in the other room or you can say, like, yes, we can have this big, long talk and then I need to take a shower <laughs> or something. Right. I don't know. Like, you can really just regulate in a way that you you just sort of always know where you are with them.
1: That's a great analysis, cool. actually. I've never thought of it in that way. Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> like a, a regulation over time. And, yeah, because you're not so conscious of a bookmarked time that you have with each other, you can sort of push and pull and, you know, let one person expend more energy than another person, you know, sort of relax a little bit and vice versa. I mm. think that's probably a way that keeps our relationship very stable. Yeah. Um, I think we also just have really great routines where, Um, yeah, like, just this morning, I think we spent, like, almost an hour just, like, reading next to each other in bed. (laughs) And, like, I had brought in tea and, you know, like, toast with butter. And it was just, like, just munching and reading. And it was, like, I think we probably exchanged, like, less than, you know, 20, 50 words with each other. Um, and even though we were in our separate spaces one, it's like a litmus for a good relationship for me, but also, like, sort of bolstered our connection with each other because it was mm. this really nice routine that we have and that we've been consistent on, and it's just now something that happens without even speaking. Like, I woke up in the morning, started prepping some tea, and then, you know, we, we just sort of smiled at each other as I passed him his tea, and then we just sat in bed and read. And it was like, it wasn't even something we had to orchestrate. It just happened.
0: Damn, <laughs> <laughs> I need a better weekend morning routine.
1: <laughs> it starts your weekend off right. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, really. Are there are there any other ways you're thinking about loneliness right now, or or feeling it that we didn't talk about?
1: Hmm.
0: Good question. It's the journalist thing. You've got to ask the like roundup question. <laughs> it's I mean, like, what didn't I ask? <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> tell me anything that you wanted to say that I exactly haven't, like, haven't given you the room to yet. <laughs> to sort of round out, I mean, I, I have spoken about you know some social, some romantic, some you know wish I could have more of type relationships, but. I guess I would say I've been finding that it's okay not to have this like one best friend that sort of Mm. solves everything for you, (laughs) sort of emotional needs or creative needs or like commiserate about a shared identity needs, Um, but that you can find them in different people. And that if in one aspect, you're sensing a bit of loneliness there can be other people that you can ground yourself back to and not feel as lonely. Um, Mm. So if I'm feeling lonely with one friend on a certain level, there's still other aspects of my life that I can sort of sink back into and still feel like very comfortable and connected. Um, Mm. So, you know, there's your, there's your money word, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but no, I feel like it's, it's um, it's something I've been really working on. It's like not relying on any one person um, and feeling comfortable in sort of an adult world to have multiple people, including myself, that I can fall back on and sort of spread out any pressure I'm putting on any one relationship, um, mm. including with myself, that then I can just feel a lot more stable (laughs) just popped into my head of like a (laughs) financial literacy like take on you know diversifying (laughs) your finances and like doing a lot of research into (laughs) into upping my financial literacy totally unrelated but i guess the metaphor is is works right it's just like if you can sort of allow yourself um multiple stakes in the ground. You know, if one starts to shake a little bit, you can lean on on some others.
0: Mm. I like that. <laughs> also, like we talk about investing in relationships, like, oh my you know. Goodness. There's, it
1: all comes around. There's
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we I I you are absolutely one of my best friends, and I also feel like when we were little we were really into this, like, best friend identity as, like, oh, yeah. capital B, capital F. And I think well, that's Well, something... Best
1: friends forever.
0: Yeah, that was like, so true. So true. That was true. The,
1: the name <laughs> in all Yeah,
0: that that was your, your contact in my phone um, for probably most of our lives. <laughs> um, and I... Which is now making me wonder if it still is, which I'm going to look at after. Mm. I think it's it's Mia with, like, an, uh, the tiger emoji, because that's what <laughs> it's always been. Um, but, When's the anyway. moment that I
1: was betrayed as not the BFF?
0: <laughs> I, I know. I think I'm wondering if it was, like, when I switched to a new phone, because I definitely wouldn't have changed it cuz it was it was my BFF before that's what it Oh,
1: M A BFF
0: M A I don't know why. I think probably like middle school being like, you know what's cool is not saying my. <laughs> but anyway, all of that to say, I feel like when you're when you're younger, the idea of having like Absolutely. that one person is so important and when you're older it's just not it's just not good. <laughs> like that's yeah. not I don't know. That's not the no, and I think, honestly, if
1: I was guests. still that contact in your name, that would not be worrisome, but. <laughs> like,
0: well, <laughs> to be clear, it would just be because I hadn't changed
1: it. <laughs> it would, but it's so true. It it's like, like a, I would never like feel betrayed <laughs> for you either changing or not changing it, but especially in like taking it off, you know, because it's like we're still best friends with each other. I love you to death. But it's like we have multiple people in our lives that exist as that for us. And I think that's the healthiest state, right? Is when you have multiple, romantic or social, like having a, a group of people is more stabilizing than just one.
0: And that's our episode. Hey, thank you for being here of course
1: this was a great conversation
0: yeah it was so fun and made me think so much and feel so much and I love talking to you likewise yeah I'm so happy to be a part of this Thank you for joining us for this episode of Loneliness Mess. If you liked it, leave us a rating or a review to make it easier for people to find. But especially, please share it with someone it made you think of or with your people. If you'd like to reach out to the show, please do at lonelinessmess@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Loneliness Mess is created and produced by Kate Fishman in California on the lands of the Pomo, Kato, and Yuki people. Music in this episode is by Origami Repetica, Kevin McLeod, and Jason Shaw and was accessed via Creative Commons. Subscribe or follow to see new episodes in your feed as they come out every Wednesday. Until next time.